0: From the inside pocket of Gus Gould's Penny Panthers bomber jacket, it's the Rugby League Cemetery. Yes, this is the Rugby League Cemetery, and we are delving deeper and deeper every week, and we're in... Uh, the territory of a of gravestone, which you know, has got a bit of moss covering it. It's not it's not one of the ones that's visited every Sunday morning. This is uh, a little bit more obscure this week on the cemetery. It's the 1991 major semi final between the North Sydney Bears and the Penrith Panthers. And isn't it good to be talking about the Bears again after uh, a long week of talking about the Bears in state of origin? Uh, thank you for joining us. Of course, I hope you've enjoyed the last three episodes. We've got into the 1989 Grand Final, uh, Canberra and Balmain. Uh, we got into the 1998 preliminary final, the famous famous Daryl Halligan-Paul Carriage game of 1998, and of course, last week, State of Origin won 1995, the Tryless Wayne Bartram miracle. I uh, hope you've enjoyed all that, uh, and if you've made it this far, congratulations, that's all I can say. Now, today's game that we're discussing, uh, that we watched over the last 24 hours, uh, was an interesting one in the in the history of the game, because neither of these clubs really were great Grande clubs of Sydney, you can't look back and say, oh, yes, well, I was successful in the 70s, I was successful in the 80s, all of this. They were both having their moment at the same time. Uh, in 1990, Penrith had finished third and lost in the grand final quite narrowly to Canberra. But the Bears had been terrible in 1990. They'd finished 11th. And then in 1991, Penrith blitzed everybody. They finished six points clear at the top of the table. They won 17. They only lost four, uh, while the Bears improved dramatically. they came. They came from 11th up to third beat Manly in week one of the finals and were one game away from the grand final. It would have been their first grand final since 1922. And Gaz, I don't know about you, but I loved watching this. I thought it was fantastic.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look, this was, I, I had such a good time watching this game. I I didn't know what to expect. Uh, I have had this game recommended to me and I'm obviously vaguely aware of who won by understanding who, you know, who won the grand final, but I wasn't aware of the specific, I didn't know the score. Uh, I knew it was close. I had some background, but I didn't know the score. So the whole thing was fairly new to me, unlike the other games we've watched where I knew roughly what the pattern was. I knew really not much about this at all. Uh, I loved it to death. It was tough and hard at the start. It was really hard. It was violent, violent football. It uh, was. We watched, <laughs> we watched the 89 grand final and the skill just was remarkable. <laughs> That's not what I thought in this game. This was no. like thuggish violence it was fantastic. And I think what really stood out at me was just that it, it had, I got into the game and I was enjoying it, but I started to think I'd give you a bum steer. Cause I recommended this one and I thought, this isn't going to be close. Like I was watching, I thought I've picked the wrong game. I heard there was a great bears Penrith game and this is the wrong one. Cause the way the game was flowing, yeah. nothing, nothing in it said that it was going to end the way that I'd heard it ended in terms of it being very close. And I'm going, no, I've stuffed, I've stuffed him around here, but the second half, wow. That's all it's I can it, say. Wow. It's
0: funny you say that because I, I watched it last night. And so yeah. watched a bit before you and, I kind of went through the same thing a little bit. And I thought at the end, we, we try not to talk about the game before we get on and record the pod, of course. So because we don't want to spoil what we're going to say or anything that comes up. So I was going to say just in passing, mate, you're going to really enjoy this. And I thought, no, 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 I'm not going to, I'm going to just let him go through the process <laughs> of watching this game, not knowing what's going to happen because he's going to think at 12, like at 12 nil at half time, Oh, this is junk. What, what have I done? Penrith are going to kill him. Because even, even if you know that it's a classic, you still think, well, what? You know, why am I watching this? Um, but it, <clears throat> I must say, though, even in the pre-game, there were a couple of things about this game that really, really endeared me to it straight away. Did you get onto to mm. um, something that's gone out of rugby league, which I absolutely mourn? Fanfare, old style, Roman fanfare over the PA. <laughs> yeah. That sort of thing. Fantastic. It really sets yeah. the, you know, really sets the scene. Uh, and well, the if anything chi- says
1: Mark Geyer, if anything says Mark <laughs> Geyer, it's Roman Fancy. <laughs> right. We'll get on to Mark Geyer, but doesn't he look well? Um, yeah. And also,
0: you know, the, the yellow ball, Jason Martin. Mm. Jason Martin's mullet is magnificent. Oh, yeah. um, and also, like, some of the players in three-quarter sleeves, some of them not... Um, the, the Brute logos on the North Sydney sleeves. You know, the old uh, Brute you know, uh, deodorant. Yeah. And the cheerleader with glasses. Did you notice this?
1: <laughs> I did. Yeah.
0: Like, I I don't know about you, but in all my time watching football, and I was, I was in utero when this game was played, um, but in my, in my time of watching football, I can't remember ever seeing a, a cheerleader wearing glasses. But in 1991, apparently it did, this was de rigueur. Um, not just glasses, but the big Coke bottles. <laughs> that, that strikes me as a much more progressive era in the game.
1: Yeah. Ahead of their time. You say a- exactly.
0: That's yeah. what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, yeah but it is, that's the, right. but like the, th- th- there's just a lot of it. that's it's very, um, there's something very raw about it. You know, the whole game, the whole build up and the running on. And it, it's, it's very, it doesn't have any of the big kind of, Synthesised, oh, like melodrama of of it's not pre- contrived. No, that's it of the pre kind yeah. of build-up. Now, yeah, uh,
1: yeah I, I had the similar thoughts actually. I, I I had quite a few. I had Jason uh, Martin's mullet. I enjoyed it so much. It's in my notes twice. I didn't yeah, realise I wrote it in the first and second half. <laughs> uh, he's a hawk, hawk's nest hawk, hawk's nest lad, local. So, um, yeah, he ended up coming and play for the Knights. So he didn't play a lot of first grade. I'm not sure why they didn't pick him up. Pick him up originally because he was from here. Um, well, we can, but, um, I reckon. I dare say we'd have a few listeners
0: up in the Hawks Nest area. If you're listening, hope you're, hope you're yeah. enjoying it.
1: Yeah, yeah. All my in-laws might listen. You never know. There you, there you um, aside from from that, I just had two extra. You pretty much covered everything I saw in the pregame, bar two things that I just yes. wanted to mention. Uh, firstly, that's the best Penrith Panthers jersey of all time. Undeniable. Mm. Secondly, uh, sorry, this is one point one point five. If you like, is that one of the great things about that Panthers jersey is that they're sponsored by a clothing brand that didn't make the jersey. This <laughs> sponsor is a clothing manufacturer that didn't make the jersey. Which
0: is fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, it is good. It's much in the that. matter. Well, it's much of the matter of Newtown and Paramount shirts. Yeah, yeah. There's a good. Yeah, it's good, D- isn't it? Yeah. Dada uniforms still exists, and down there is a. They've got either an office or a factory or something in, I'm sure it's in Cleveland street, Surrey Hills. And so when you drive down, if you look out, if you're driving towards the inner West, you look out your right windscreen at the right time, you can spot the big Dada uniforms. It says Joseph Dada and sons or something clothing. And it's always like, it warms me up driving past. We, thing we might the, get down, the down there one day. I, I reckon we'd be somehow.
1: Next time I'm visiting you, I mean, we might get yeah. make way down there briefly. Yeah,
0: post start. That's a that's a plan for a post-corona kind of world.
1: Um, yeah the uh, big... second thing. Oh, yes, sorry. Of three. course. Sorry, last thing. Sorry, my my mistake. Uh the second one. Brad Pittler looks exactly the same as he does now and the same yes. as he did at 30 and the same as he did at 25. Despite being basically in high school, Brad Pittler was born looking exactly the way he does now. He was born as a roughly a 30-year-old man and has not aged either side of it. He looked yeah. extremely old in at 18, he looked fairly old at 25, he looked like his age at 30 and he looks quite youthful now.
0: That's that's beautifully put. I can't add anything different. to that. No, I, the, the camera pans to him as he's warming up on the field after, just after they have mm. run out. And you're absolutely right. He, uh, yeah, he, he he looks not a day over, not a day under thirty.
1: Geez, um, I reckon he would have been good in high school, looking like that, like running around at sixteen in high school. I reckon he scored some
0: points. <laughs> I dare say, I dare say, his high school side he would have been getting a fair bit of ball. You'd like to yeah. think they didn't keep him out in the centres. He might have got a bit closer to the action. Um, I think that's fair wasn't a big crowd, 38,600. You, you sort of don't think of, like, keeping in mind that the game was played at the Sydney Football Stadium. Like, you, you, you don't really think of Norths being able to bring that many supporters to a game. And you don't necessarily think that Penrith, I suppose Penrith were, had had a really big year, but to bring that many supporters a lot, quite a long way from out in Penrith to, to Randwick to go to the game. I thought it was, the, the atmosphere was great.
1: Very loud crowd. Very, very loud crowd. I think one of the things was um, when you look at those teams, the Bears didn't have much to shout about for quite a long time. And they were just at the start of of quite a successful era, but it hadn't come yet. So they're not a team that was there. You know, we talk about Manly fans not travelling across the bridge and stuff, but they're sort of good every year. If you're a Bears fan, you know, you're getting in a major semi, you're not too far away. That wasn't coming around every day. You might want to get there. You know, that's not every day you see them play a game to get in the grand final at that time in history. And um, with Penrith, I think there's a real feeling around that sort of team that was probably very similar uh, to sort of the Knights 97 team, I, I think in many ways, where you had sort of King Brandy, the local, local junior, and and all this gang of Penrith blokes that they, they, they hadn't been a strong club. And all of a sudden you're waltzing through with this group of players, you know, Brandy's brothers playing, you've got Mark Geyer, you've got all these, these blokes that you really had a lot of, Brad Fitlar is a local junior, you're running through all these guys that were these local lads with the local, star playing halfback they probably really got onto that and really yeah um you know at that time they're just coming through made the grand final the year before i'd say that was a real time for them where the community would have been very very behind them as a club there's a great sense of occasion about it isn't there like there's a real um both of these because they're
0: not sides that get there all the time mm. they're not they're not regulars in the finals it's not like oh well if we don't win it next year we'll probably be back if we don't win it this year we'll probably be back next year it's like we've got a mm. chance here we've got a good side together against some of the things that are against us in the kind of in, in the competition um we've got it it's got to happen now if it's going to happen especially for penrith having been to the grand final the year before to, <clears throat> but north's yeah. not having been to one since 2022 um the, the, the opening stages of the game itself uh um, as you say just tough aren't they like there's not a lot mm. of there's not a lot of style or silk about it. It's just they just bludgeon each other for probably the first half an hour.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think there's a couple of points there. It's, it's hard football everywhere, and when you look, it's not surprising when you look at the plays. When you look at like, Gary Larson and Billy Moore and yeah, and, 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 and Mario, and then you're looking on the other side and getting MG and, and Van and some of those guys. But um, yeah, look a couple of things out of that. I, I just want to start very, very simply and just say. Mark Geyer is fucking mad, mad, (laughs) totally mad. (laughs) He's absolutely mad. (laughs)
0: It's just psychotic. Like he just, there are are probably, and you would have made a note of this as well, there are probably at different times in the game, maybe three or four times where like, for example, someone's been tackled sometimes by him, sometimes not. (laughs) And he'll just come over the top while the guy's on the ground with the big swinging arm, the big forearm most often missing the head, but not by design, you know, he's, he's crazy. And what about Mario? He's psychotic as well.
1: Both yeah. Of look, it- Mario, Mario, I've got to count. On, on this I've oh, got good. six swinging arms Four in the first half And three warnings Three separate Mario? Warnings For swinging yeah. arms Yeah Yeah he was warned Three times to- I don't know how many <laughs> times you are got to get warned But he gets called over And each time He's really quite baffled By why he's being called over And then you see the replay And he's tried to kill him Like complete yeah. Clocking it's like arm It's,
0: it's it, the kind of thing That puts people in hospital
1: yeah, I think the only difference between them is the reason I really highlight Gaia is that Mario is is violent and, and and should probably be in jail. But but Mark Geyer, like, but he does it and then looks a bit baffled, like, oh, I didn't, like, I'm confused. I do not really mean to. Mark Gaia, like, ran, runs into people, tries to kill them, looks at them with these crazy eyes, looks at the referee like he's going to murder him. Yeah. Drops the ball, punches it into the ground. Like the whole time, he looks like he's going to murder someone. The entirety. Along the way Like there's just no respite There's no laugh afterwards There's no calming down He just no. looks like He's just a psychotic Serial killer He is just he's Launching he, around that field Oh Yeah It was quite it Imagine is. playing him Imagine playing him Like looking yeah. at that Coming at you the whole time And just going I just don't want any of this <laughs> Well it says Yeah it
0: says, it says something About Wally Lewis Doesn't it Who that year You know When he was in his Like Mark guy Was in his prime Kind of thugging around Wally Lewis yeah. stood right up to him Yeah come on You know um, Yeah yeah, yes. it does. Mate. Like Wally being sort of in his early thirties and being a five yeah. um, eight. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, you're right though. I'm glad that you have brought that up because he, he's just hulking. Like he, he looks mm. the, he looks bigger than everybody else on the field. He's got the mm. big shoulder pads on. He's kind of he's tall. He's, and he's just angry. Yeah. And like it's like some kind of villain.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and um, I, I don't want to sell him short either. He was bloody good too. Like, the, yeah. he was powerful and fast. Like, he, um, they used him very much as an impact player. He's not a guy that took 30 hit-ups. But they got him the ball a couple wide and he was rampaging onto the thing and he wasn't easy to put on the deck. And when he tackled blokes, yeah, I mean, he was dirty with it. But, like, when they ran at him, he hit him like a brick wall. Like, he stood yeah. up. When he did take him front on, it looked like, you know, like when someone hits a wall. <laughs> like, they just stop dead like a car crash So like bang and then that's that and he gets the big elbow up and they're on the deck and it just doesn't no, nothing about it looks fun um and look the bears they were copping it like I tell you i wouldn't have been going back but they they were all just like billy moore last and yeah. they just ran at him and ran again they were got like, billy moore kept grinning on the deck after he got clobbered <laughs> we go just like you know like they're really, it's very um pretty yeah. and it, it is yeah, it's
0: unsanitised, yeah. isn't it? Like, it's just, it's, it's mm. quite, a, yeah, it's very, very tough and, and there's not much, uh, you, it's the kind of game you could never have played today because there's just so much wrong with it from a kind of the modern view of the game. Um, there's a moment... Eight think, sin
1: bin. Oh, oh eight, yeah, eight yeah, yeah. I yeah. reckon if you break the incidents down, I mean, nearly all of them would have been Mark Guyer and Maria Feny, yeah, so Mario Fenny. Yeah, Mario, they would have played at eight, least, sorry. yeah, they would have had at least two binnings
0: each. Um, there's a wonderful moment after about half an hour where Mario launches this appalling swinging arm on Steve Carter, and it's very good. And Billy, I think it's Billy Anderson, says, "Oh well, there was no malice in it," and which is quite good. And Graham Hughes says, "Oh yeah, it's not so bad because the fist isn't clenched. He's, yeah, he's gone like with that. the he's gone with the open hand, so he's mm-hmm. still like forearm to the head, but the fist not clenched kind of makes it a less malicious tackle." I I found that to be a um, yeah, a very interesting kind of view of the swinging arm as a, as a concept.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the degrees of malice in a stiff swinging arm is 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 pretty good. I'd like to see degrees <laughs> of swinging arm brought in as a child, like grade three yeah. swinging arm, grade four swinging arm, based <laughs> well, on degrees kind of, of clench.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're kind of swinging your forearm at someone's head. I just don't know that there's that much. It's, it feels a bit like the shift in the deck chairs a little bit. Um, yeah. On the, the, there's also... Um, it's been a bit of a recurring theme for us, and you've been talking about this a bit about the accord, about when, uh, about you know when teams stop just kind of trying things that were on, and mm. ignoring the risk involved. Um, there's a moment in the in the first half where, and it's fairly early, I think. Steve Carter makes a break down the left hand side, down the touchline, and he gets dragged down about 40 out from the Bears' line, and it's very early in the game, and it's fairly early in the count. And he just hurls the ball over his shoulder,
1: yeah, to
0: no one in particular, and the Bears end up picking it up. And you know, it's kind of um, very much still in that era of, "Oh, we'll just have a crack here."
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's good. It's good. I'd love to see it put back that way. Um, you know, you know something that stood out quite a bit. Uh, I meant to mention in the pregame, but it works here anyway because. Uh, after about 20 minutes, there's this wonderful point made by the commentary. This is one of my favourite rugby league tropes we haven't managed to cover yet in terms yep, of commentary. Me. They start hitting speculation about the effect of the week off. <laughs> Penrith might say, he, yeah. he calls that he expects them to take 20 minutes to blow the cobwebs out because they've had a week <laughs> off. Uh, there's nothing better in finals because it doesn't matter who wins or lose. The, the fact is, it's the fault of the, off week, the off. week off. If you lose off the week off... You just weren't ready, and the other team was battle-hardened. And if yeah. you win, the other team was limping into it; they were too beat up from the week before, and you've come yeah. in fresh.
0: You can it's, use the week off. To no matter what happens. Yeah. You can use the week off to explain anything. In fact, there's a good moment yeah. when the when the scores are level in the second half. There's a really good moment where I think it's Graham Hughes says Penrith might be better off losing here and getting another game next week before the grand final. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I bet they were thinking that way. I reckon,
0: and, and Bill though, yeah. Anderson kind of comes in really, uh, really earnestly and says, "Oh, I think they'd be happy to get through to the grand final, Graham." But like the, the suggestion that they would have the, the, that somehow they, would, they would, the week off was so detrimental to them for this game that they would be better off playing a knockout semi final against the Raiders. Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. for before, the right to play this team again, for the right yeah. to play the exact same team mm. they're just about to beat. Yeah, quite good. Full match. Yeah. There's some very good commentary
1: in this game. Yeah, yeah, there is actually. It's um. But what's funny about this final series flowing on from the, that wonderful trope is that Penrith had a week off, played this game, had a week off, played the grand finals. <laughs> two yeah. weeks off. Yeah, and in the last four weeks, they go into a grand final having played twice in the last month, which is uh, you, today is is not. Ever what would happen? It's, yeah. it's very funny looking back on the finals because Manly played the week before, and I'm fairly confident they then went on to play the Raiders the night before this. Yeah, I think that's what came over the commentary. Yeah, so the week yeah. before the Bears played the Raiders. Sorry, the Bears played Manly. Both teams went through to this round, uh, and then you know, like I don't get it. Like both teams played this round anyway. Like so, what was the point of the game the week before? Oh well, that.
0: This Determine
1: is a system. So this was the
0: old. This is the old top five yeah. system, and the the fourth, fifth, fourth, fifth, fifth was an eliminator. So manly. Yeah. So the not the manly game. The other game must have. Been, Canberra mm. must have finished. Canberra must have finished fourth. Is that right? And they. Well, I, think I they, haven't checked. I yet. think they must have knocked someone out to keep going. Yeah, I think that's right.
1: Yeah. Um, so, so why why would you have two te- like why would you design a system if you want people to watch it where yeah. two teams play for the right to both play the next week no matter what the result is? Yeah, so
0: this was it. So two <laughs> would play three, and like yeah. three two would get the chance to go to a straight-in grand final qualifier, which is what the Bears yeah. did. And men yeah, okay. who lost to the Bears, they then had to play a knockout
1: against the Raiders. In, okay, so yeah. it was for the right to play in a knockout versus the right to play in play a, in a grand final spot. qualifier. Okay, all right, yeah. makes a bit more sense. It's very okay. odd though. Yeah, it hard. is.
0: It it seems very foreign to to now because there were only two week yeah. off. There were only two weeks off to go yeah. around in that system. One for yeah. finishing first, and then another for winning that major semi final. Mm.
1: And yeah. you can win both. You can and you can plausibly both, both, be both. Yeah. 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 which okay. is what which is
0: what Penrose did. Yeah. Um, and it that that is true. It was a that system was in place for a few years after this, um, mm. even into the mid nineties, I think. And, um. Yeah, and it's still in place in a lot of country competitions. Like the Newcastle Rugby League uses the top five with the same model and that kind of thing.
1: Um, Well, the the best one of all times, the 97 system, where the Knights played Manly Um, two weeks before we beat them in the grand final. We played them in a game that doesn't fit that system. It's even stupider. We both played them, and no matter who won or lost, both were going through to the preliminary final.
0: Yeah, I think what happened there... Yeah, it's literally, they,
1: the, literally two weeks before.
0: I think they messed up the system. Like, I think nobody realised that that could happen when they instituted the system. It was quite good. But the good thing about that is that both, both sides played full-strength teams, which really... Yeah. It's <laughs> just a time before professionalism and resting. Was <laughs> a totally pointless and meaningless game. And they both, they both played full-strength sides. Um, Penrith go ahead in the 12th minute through one of the truly great penalty goals how far out is he? What, 40 metres, Greg Alexander?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Um, I tagged in a video the other day of um, Matt Ridge uh, when Manly was playing Newcastle in 92 and Matt Rod- yeah. Matt Ridge kicks hitting him from 43 out, um, hits a couple. And Brandy does, just must have been more of a thing. It, it's funny. These days, they're, they're phenomenal at kicking goals, but they don't seem to practice from anywhere but, but the distance you kick a try from because you never yeah. see them take long-range penalty goals unless they have to, like two minutes to go, you know, need it to win or or something like that. They they just don't take them. And these guys were banging them. Like, um, Halligan missed his, but he was taking them when he got the distance. They they, they were banging them from deep. It was a great goal. It's a a good segue that on on Brandy because I just want to say, I was really looking forward to watching him. He's another one. I talked about 89 wanting to see those guys play. I wanted to see Brandy play. Couldn't be more impressed. Could not be more impressed with him. Um, His kicking game generally... Was oh yeah, like Ricky Stewart, Andrew John, sort of stuff. The torps, like he's kicking them from his own half, and everyone else was half the kicker of the ball. He was on both sides. He got the ball and spiralled these things deep and bouncing and in the touch. And oh, he was yeah, like a goal kick as well. Oh yeah, he, he to um
0: he mate. won him a lot of he won him a lot of territory like that. Um, yep. there were quite a few. He didn't. He hit the grass over and over and over.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, one of the funny things about the kicking in this game, and I guess. I guess it's a product of the five-meter rule, but I don't remember seeing it in the '89 Grand Final. Is the kickers being very, very deep in a kind of pocket behind the play the ball and getting it sort of ten or fifteen meters back, like they would for a field goal every time? And rugby
1: right union kicking. Yeah, that's right. So it would be rugby right union kicking. Yeah, yeah.
0: The, fo- the the dummy half would pick it up and spear it ten or fifteen meters back to the half or whoever to kick the ball, um, and the chasers would be all of them in front of the kicker and they would just make their way up the field and then stop, make a kind of line 10 metres away from where the fullback picked the baller. Very, very strange. and like unrecognisable to any, um, any rugby league I've seen more recently.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was very different. It looked exactly like rugby in the late nineties. Um, I haven't watched a lot of rugby, but when I did the way they pocket the guy deep and he bangs under the sideline, that's exactly what it re- was reminiscent of. Uh, it didn't suit the bears at all because, Brandy was just four times better than anyone that was kicking the football. And he was making yeah. 30, no no joke, 30 metres more than anyone else on his kick. Um, he was kicking spirals and they you know, torpedo spiral kicks and they're kicking end to end um, and there's no comparison. He was a master. Was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was good. Yeah. Um, and one of the, you're talking about great
0: rugby league tropes, I, I think it would be remiss yeah. not to mention that uh, there's a bit of Wayne Pierce notes that uh, Wayne Pierce is very kind of um, uh, disapproving of this, but he says there are still people who think Greg Alexander chokes in big games. And Bill Anderson again. I've got uh, Bill Anderson's becoming a real favourite of mine. I, I have no memory of him, but I'm very fond of him now. He says they talk about how great Brandy was in a semi final the year before, where he scored 20 points, mm. and they they beat I think uh, it might have been it was someone in the um in extra time, and. Bill Anderson, yes, it says, oh, yes, that was his coming of age that game. He came of age that day. <laughs> <laughs> which, which for anyone who's ever watched, say Luke Brooks, any game involving Luke Brooks or Mitchell Moses or anyone like that, it's good to know that that has been going on for quite a long time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, any game, I don't know what the Tigers' win percentage is with Luke Brooks, but that whatever the win percentage is, that's the percentage of games he's come of age in. <laughs> like, yeah, any game they win for the last 10 years, however long he's been around now, he's been around a while, so however long, you know, this is the game, he's coming of age. And then this is the origin speculation talk following two weeks later. But, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that is a great rugby league trope. And um, I think while we're on Brandy, I think we should keep going on Brandy. Uh you know, as we go through, I will see pretty clearly that he was the difference in this game. He, yep. it's just his class, but he—oh God—he was good. That that the first try, he kicks the goal, and this first try is this beautiful long ball to the overlap. They go down the wing, pass back inside to him, who backs up, bang, try. It's just this oozing moment of class, isn't it? It's just gushing out of him. Our class, classy it is! It's ball, unbelievable. And there's nothing about
0: the game up to that point that suggests something like that might happen. Like after 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, Halligan has got a penalty goal, he's missed a penalty goal from about mm. 35 out, similar kind of area to Brandy, he misses um, and then they the, the game is just this kind of bash and barge there's not much class, there's not a lot of real quality attack there's not even really any sieges on either team's line and then you're absolutely right, Alexander gets the ball 35 out from his own line, it just fizzes this lovely pass out to Izzard who hits Graham Mackay uh, Graham Mackay weaves upfield and finds Brandy on the uh, in support. It's it's a classic bit of halfback play, isn't it? To not only throw the good pass but then be there backing up.
1: Mm. Uh, yeah, he's just better than any player on the field. Um, and look, not long after he, it's just a piece of magic for the second try where it's just bang bang. They get down there, he slips in, turns the ball inside. Uh, you know, sets the like he's just magical. Then puts a kick in for the try. It's this off the cuff sort of. Brilliance and knowledge of space, where it goes from nil all to twelve all, and it's just him. Everything's him. It, it, if he's not on the field, it's nil all in this bash and barge yeah, game. And I, and the difference is the him. That's it. That's um, it the they Bears go in 12, halves no? were yeah. The, the Bears halves are not bad footballers in, in Soden and, and Jason Martin, but they're very nippy sort of um, run sort of uh, you know sort of players where they're in there having a go like that sort of like. Little and aggressive and direct sort of play, and whereas Penrith have got this masterful class player in the halves, and both sides are ripping in, getting some territory, and all that sort of stuff. And then this one guy is just going bang, bit of class, bang, bit of class. That so the Bears just really, at that point in the game, couldn't match and didn't have someone to do that. And yeah, that he's the difference, he's not on the field, it's nil all, end of you know, <laughs> yeah,
0: that's that's absolutely right. He, um, that kick that he puts into the second try is beautiful because he gets it, yeah, he, he throws the inside ball to Walker who makes a kind of half pass that Walker gives it back to him and he just stands up. He's surrounded by players and spots something out on the left and puts this grubber through very, very quick thinking, which, which Mackay is able to fall on. Um, and that's it. It's, it's you're absolutely right. Suddenly it's 12 Um, There are a couple of moments. The, the first try, one of the things I note about the first try, that would never have happened today because Brad Izard would not be on the field. Ishard. Did you get onto this? Conlon, Dependent, the fullback. Yeah, no, yeah so Conlon, the, the, uh, the Bears fullback, who has a couple of little moments like this in this game. But one of them is that he comes tearing off his own line after receiving a kick and goes the old Craig Smith, Suliasi Vutavalu knee lift and just irons out Brad <laughs> Izzard, who's out and cold. The great call, it's what, again, a great commentary call. He was knocked out before he hit the ground. So he goes <laughs> he goes down. He would be off for the game if that was under the HIA rule. He'd be gone. but he happens yeah. to but he stays on um, and he's at center to take that pass and get it over to Mackay and, and get the first try happening. Uh, there's another injury in the first half, which I think we should mention. doesn't have any immediate importance, but our uh, uh, Barwick, Greg Barwick, the Penrith fullback, he goes down with an injury after about 20 minutes. And Gus Gould sends on one of his replacements, a fellow by the name of Anthony Zureb. Um, Mm. And you sort of think at the time when you're watching the game, not knowing anything about it, geez, that's going to be a bit tricky having your fullback go off. Probably didn't have a spare one on the bench. Um, Time will tell. I think think there'll be more on that later. Certainly will. Mm. Yeah, on Zureb. Just on the first half, can I just before we get into the second half, can I just. Just talk about how good Brad Fittler was, particularly in the first half of this game. There's nothing happening out there. Like no, there's, there's very little attack. It's very tight. There's all this talk, wonderful talk about there being a skinny five meters and all this <laughs> choking off the game. But every time something looks like happening, until that last five minutes, it's off Fittler playing right center, but turning up in the middle of the park, throwing that that step, which you know, as of person who followed the Newcastle Knights in the late 90s sent me into a like kind of almost into a fugue state I was totally I was quite triggered by it but he just looks quicker bigger faster stronger cleverer than pretty much everybody
1: yeah yeah he's very young he's about 18 years old and he um basically what happens with Freddie is that he's the center so he's not touching the ball all the time uh when he touches it it's unbelievable. Like he doesn't have a heap of touches, but every touch he gets, he just goes through him. I- I've written the same thing as you. I've just gone, what's doing here? Like this guy, he's unbelievable. He it's just electric. gets the ball. Oh, that, he just goes, he, he nearly sets one up where he goes bang off his foot, and makes this half break. Um, and then he makes two or three more where again, he's just roaming across and he goes bang off that foot. And oh, you got to watch it. Just You wouldn't say, like you couldn't say he was dominant because he barely actually touched the ball. It's just, if he had four touches, all of yeah. them were just, five times faster and stronger and more dangerous than anything anyone else apart from Brandy did. It was, um, oh, yeah, it's just good football. And you're right, he was playing centre, but he didn't get the ball at centre. Get the ball in the centre of the field and and, and went bang off his feet. He was, God, I think it's fair to say if you're watching that, it wouldn't take a a genius to to sort of spot him and go, he's going to be pretty good. Yeah,
0: I think, yeah. You're entitled to be fairly excited if you're a Penrith supporter watching this blog. This you think, geez, because he, he just... Yeah. yeah, what you say is absolutely... He just, there's just this electricity about him every time he gets the ball. Um, mm. Speaking of centres, wasn't it interesting to see, and we talked about this a little bit in the in 89 about Mal Meninga coming in field and kicking the ball, and, and mm. Benny Elias doing a lot of the kicking from a kind of halfback position for Balmain. Peter Jackson seemed to be one of the main kickers for the Bears. Um, despite playing at centre, he was coming in field and doing a lot of the, the kicking in play territory, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, he did. Uh, Jacko, I think when you look at his build, because I haven't seen him play and I was looking forward to it uh, as well. Um, he was an interesting one because if you look at what some of those centres were now, there were centres that were centres by today's standards, and there was probably centres that really wouldn't play centre and would have played 5-8. Yeah. And I think that probably describes him. If you look at, he, he wasn't, sort of lightning fast or I don't think you just stuck him on an edge in today's game watching how he played he was that sort of if anything if you talk in rugby terms again he's like an inside center like he was a guy could pass and and set guys up and kick and and not that he wasn't he seemed to run well as as well but he was very much more that second playmaker than a um than a, a running center and he I really enjoyed watching him I thought he was quiet. He came good late, really, like yeah. really excellent late. But he certainly did, and I think that was probably a product of the halves. Um, they're running Soden and um, and uh, Jason Martin. But as I said, they were very direct, sort of um, what you'd say is they sort of terrier type, type players. They both yeah. were that, so sort of hounding and make their tackles and sort of run direct and sort of throw their bodies around quite well. But there wasn't a lot of of class in them and, and Jacko obviously had that bit of vision and, and the kick and that sort of thing. So yeah, it was it was similar to Mal and, and I enjoyed watching him play. We'll talk a bit more about him in the second half because I really wanted to see what he was like because he gets a very good, uh, a lot of good players like your wallies and Mal and everyone have a lot of good things to say about mm. him and that's usually a pretty good guy. And um, yeah, he, he was, I reckon if you put him in today's game, he's probably playing 5-8 or fullback or something, not not centre.
0: Yeah, you can see um you can see the bits that you can see what people like about him for sure. Um, so Penrith go into halftime 12-0 um, and it, and then come out after half time and, and kind of, it looks like it's going to, they're going to kick away. But a couple of things about half time the on-field, did you see the, the on-field marching band as the halftime entertainment? Mm. Never yeah, underestimate. Did, yeah. I was just going to say, never underestimate the ability of, rug, of rugby league to know its, know it's base, you know
1: yeah i think that's right it made me think very fondly of uh, the marching koalas uh, at <laughs> newcastle I, I did miss the marching when did they get rid of marching koalas and I, why was that tinkler oh, yeah, probably like that.
0: stripping the yeah, tradition like a, yeah i don't I,
1: yeah. I know i was very fond of the
0: marching koalas as well <laughs> i don't know what happened i don't really know why they were called the marching koalas but anyway um if anyone can answer that question for us on the uh, on our facebook page please do um yeah i just i was really fond of that and another thing which you don't see anymore something that used to be really in fashion amongst rugby league club officials and administrators. And just as you watch the players come out of the tunnel, the shirt, optional tie, like collared button-up shirt, optional tie and V-neck jumper.
1: Yeah. You see how much of that
0: look there was around? Um, And I think if you go through that era, you get a lot of that. I think Shifty Sheens runs it at 89. Um, There's just a lot of V-neck jumpers. In rugby league, you yeah. never see them at all anymore. But everyone, all the sort of blokes in their fifties and sixties, who were club officials, are all wearing them.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I've seen a bit of it at the station hotel with you on a on a Saturday night. But yeah, not not at the games much anymore. But uh, it is a strong look. It just it's, it, sort of it says power. So yeah, board member, long lunches, that sort of thing. I think yeah. Specifically. Yeah, uh, yeah, fairly good. I've got a Knights one hanging around somewhere. I'll dig it out for Do you, you. Yeah, like, excellent. Yeah, a proper V neck one with the blue one with the Knights thing on it. I'll see if I can dig it out for you. While we, are, we get out of uh, purgatory.
0: Yeah. While, while we're on the uh, while we're on the fashion, um, Gus with the bomber jacket. The haircut is very good, but the, the bomber jacket is a real look. Um, it's a so strong real, look. It is, yeah. Um, that was that. That seemed to be the divide in those days. There was either mm. you kind of a little bit stuffy V neck sweater types, oh. and then you. You're kind of very American college-style bomber jacket types.
1: Yeah, I think the players, like a player's coach or a man's man wears the bomber. And like yeah. you said, you're sort of a bit of, bit of privilege, um, bit of dosh in the back pocket blokes wearing the V-neck, you know, like in line real with cl- the sponsors and that sort of just your real yeah. class divide. Yeah, um, absolutely. And also,
0: it's, it's funny, watching games from that era, and you could possibly go into the mid-90s even, and this would still be the case. And a couple of people mentioned this, um, having watched the game last night you don't see quite so many people in the club jerseys. You don't see that kind of, there's not as much merchandise floating around. Um, and you see a lot of people still, and I think it's a, a kind of an example of how the game has kind of gentrified a little bit over time. Um, and the you kind know, of the class base of the game has changed a little bit. You used to see a lot of flannelette. When you see old footage of rugby league from the nineties the in particular, you see a lot of people in flannelette and blue jeans. And I think you you don't see so much of that anymore.
1: No, I think that's right. The jerseys is a good call too. I think the, the longer the game's gone, the more professional it's got, the more commercial it's got. They flog yeah. jerseys. They flog them every year. They change them every year. I, 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 was actually, it's funny you said that. I didn't have the same point, but I actually had a point that what you didn't see was any new jerseys. You see faded, bad like the bloke wearing yeah. a jersey is the bloke wearing his nineteen seventy eight Panthers jersey. Yeah. Um. And and I've seen that. I've seen footage of a lot of old Knights games, and you watch a game in nineteen ninety three, and they're wearing this busted Henny Penny they've had since. Eighty-eight and like worn mowing the the lawn and doing the on the roof yeah. and stuff doing home repairs with eight holes in it like that you don't see someone wearing the branch Bank and new BP in ninety three they're wearing the, the Henny Penny with nine holes and th- that occurred to me at this game there was a lot of Bears jerseys that were there were very old and the, yeah. the Panthers jerseys were stench like the really old yeah sort yeah yeah of ones. the old and, Chocolate Soldiers era yeah. I saw some without the New South Wales badge, which means yeah, that's they're at awesome. least early eighties at the least. I think that Beautiful. came in in the mid eighties. Mid I think uh, someone can correct me on that, but yeah. you know, that, that was very And again, that comes back to the commercialization because they're not flocking at you every year that you need yeah. this new footy Jersey to be a real fan. And you don't have this, you don't, you know, you know what I mean? Like very much yeah, these yeah. days, it's almost, you've got to have all the new kit and, and all of that, but um, yeah, we've spent a lot of time talking about halftime, which is oh, well, gross. that's right.
0: I just want to... yeah, and thanks to uh, thanks to friend of the show Clayton Barr, for that observation about the jersey. It's set us down a very good and pointless path, which is the exact point of this show. Um, when they run out for Game the dropping. second, yeah, you will. That's right. <laughs> when they run out, when they run out for the second half, there's a great banner: Floro, Jacko, Mario. What a trio! I don't propose to comment on that. I just. I just
1: <laughs> I missed that. It's just tree.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's just true, and I just want to leave it at that.
1: Laura, <laughs> really
0: oh, and Mario, uh, the big three of the North City. It's a night guys. out, isn't it? Yeah, well it is, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. what a tree um, a thing that 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 brings home what we were saying about the balance of the game is that at halftime it's 92.90 for tackles. Um so it's yeah, very yeah, even okay. and they've just had a couple of moments to to get themselves in front. And then when absolutely. they come out for the when they come out for the second half, Penrith just stroll upfield off the kickoff, and they have mm. a bit of a near miss. Brandy puts a kick in which they make a bit of a mess of at the back. They nearly mm. score. Um, and you think, oh, jeez, it's on here. Like you think this, they're, they're going to run away with this? The, the Bears have the, the Bears have held their gloves up, but Penrith have got too much.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, this is probably the moment where I went, oh shit. I've- let him astray i've picked the wrong bears panthers inadvertently here because i i've told you that this was a game to watch because i got tipped up and i thought i'd bum steer this is that you know it's 12 nil and i thought oh geez it's hard to see the bears coming back but they must come here after halftime and penrith was so dominant i just started questioning it went no they've rolled them they're gonna like brandy's the king here he's stomping down the field on the back of this momentum and booting into the corners and i've gone this is um this is game set, like they've got them. There is not a way that North Sydney are going to end up scoring, you know, not to, to jump to people who don't know the answer, but they're not going to end up scoring more tries than in no, game. There's no, no. there's no way. And I thought, you know, that's they haven't you, fired uh, any shots, guys. Oh, like They haven't, they never looked like one. scoring. Even when it was an even game,
0: you never think, Oh, Bez, Oh, I mean, they had to try disallowed um, for a forward pass, but there's, there's not a lot of threat. Like it's kind of, if they were, you think if they were going to win, they're going to win 10, eight or something. And, and
1: you know, and yeah, Penrith are 12 and about to and, stomp and out Penrith 18 is, several times that, there. They, they, that's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah um, I think that's right. I, I think, um, you know, there was a real, for people, there might be some younger listeners who don't remember a lot about the bears. Let me yeah. tell you that this, this performance is um, quintessential bears. If you understand what they were like. So them as a team, were not as good as Penrith. they, battled away and worked their asses off to battle this side and were outclassed by the fact that the other team just had that bit more class and then like they battled away and the other team's bit of class just shone through but then inexplicably through just their guts and hard work we'll get to what happens in a minute they managed to get themselves back in it and fight where against the odds they somehow do it anyway but then just as inexplicably as them managing to do that they inexplicably managed to stuff it up.
0: That's like it. That's right? their
1: whole their, their whole existence in the 90s is this. They shouldn't really do be able to do this. Holy crap, they're going to do this. And then, oh, no, they're not. Yeah, they didn't. <laughs> yeah. It, it is. And, and yeah, I that's absolutely right. Take us through the game changer. But I think we've covered up to the point where we probably want to spend the most time on, which is... The comeback. So we're, yes. 12, we're 12 points um, nil, aren't we, at this point? Yeah, yep. and 12 um, nil
0: after about 45 minutes. Um, Bill Anderson yep. is suggesting Penrith should take a field goal, which I thought was a very good chat. They, <laughs> he, says, <laughs> he says, one thing you can be sure of, they won't be shy about taking a field goal, which I'm glad to hear. Yeah, um, he's, he's, I told you, he's very good. Um, mm. Yeah, so the 45th minute, um, nothing happening. Soden mm. puts a kick downfield. Zureb, the replacement fullback, catches it on the try line. Chose, comes, starts loping his way up the field. Looks up, There's a, there are a few Bears chasers there and um, he he decides to throw the ball over to Brad Izzard who had got back to help out. Um, big cutout. Big, big long cutout out. pass, mm. probably a 15 metre pass, uh, which is caught by Daryl Halligan. <laughs> <It> was, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately for, for Zureb, Daryl Halligan was between him and Izzard when he threw the yeah. pass. Uh, and Halligan uh, playing caught Playing for the other team. And playing <laughs> for the other team, yeah. And and Halligan catches it and has a kind of 10-metre, very slow 10-metre saunter mm. to the try line uh, to score the first points that the Bears have scored and the first points they've looked like scoring. Have I left anything out of that, Gaz?
1: No, you haven't. Uh, Daryl Halligan covered that 10 metres in roughly the time it takes Darren Albert to run 100 metres for starters. Yeah, God, he's, he's slow. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. I didn't um, think he was
0: going to make it. Like, he...
1: Oh. No, you nearly got run down.
0: Yeah, uh, from which, ten which out. Does, you,
1: don't, you don't see a lot in ten meter intercept tries. No, Many people get run down. Especially when you when the
0: interceptor is a winger. But anyway.
1: Yeah, and um, no, you haven't left anything out. It's inexplicable. Wayne Pearce describes it as no first grader should throw that pass. <laughs> <laughs> <It's fairly good. laughs> and fairly apt. Like I think yeah. that if I, I, I had thrown that in my heyday for the Glendale Gorillas third division. Under 16s, I'd have yeah. probably got pulled up as that being quite dumb. Someone would have yeah. said, "Can't mate, you that's can't do Not a standard. Yeah,
0: yeah, but you can't
1: do that. You, at you this just passed it to the yeah. other team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and right for no yeah. reason. <laughs> yeah, and it is such yeah, a. It's,
0: it's hard to overstate how much of a momentum changer it is because they just haven't been. There's no. They're just not going to score, and Penrith are going to score next. You know, all the signs happen. say all the signs mm-hmm. say Penrith are going to go sixteen eighteen 8, 8, nil here, and it's going to be a very sterile second half. And then this happens, you know.
1: The Bears weren't going to score. No. They, would, they wouldn't have scored a point if they didn't get the intercept. They just didn't look at any ever. Nothing. Uh, was, they wouldn't have scored a point the whole game without that intercept, I don't think. I think that's pretty that's fair. Some...
0: Um, and then, but from there, Halligan puts the kick over and it's 12-6. They're a try away, you know. And and suddenly their game plan is kind of back on because they can get back into a bit of a wrestle and hope to jag something, which I think was the plan going into the game, right? Stay close yeah. enough, have a bit of luck, you know? Um,
1: yeah, don't leak points, fight, yeah. find something, yeah.
0: Yeah, and they get a penalty from their set off the kickoff, then they're downfield again. They kick it downfield, Penrith bringing it off their line and looking a bit slow all of a sudden. The Bears are charging off the line and whacking them. Um, you think, oh, God, it's on air. Like the, the game completely changes.
1: Yeah, it does. Um, I think on that note, it's a good time to talk about Zureb. So at this point, when he came on the field in the first half, he booted a ball out in the full, uh, redlined it, out the jack button, he missed the red line, like he's kicked it nearly into the grandstand on the full. Um, He's now not done anything else of any particular note. Come on, uh, I think he dropped a ball from Dummy Half, trying to take a scoot and, and dropped it. Then in the second half, he's thrown that intercept. Now... For the Bears' second try, he – I think that happens – correct me if I'm wrong. They, they I've got bombed it as, him? Is that in the second try? Uh,
0: yeah. they, Is that
1: before the second try they put the bomb up and he drops?
0: I think that's after the second try. After, okay. Yeah, okay. so so Alexander gets a penalty. They, they get yep. a penalty goal, the Panthers, in the 54th yep. okay. minute. And it kind of – you feel for a second that they're going to snuff out the momentum. Like, oh, well, the Bears have had a crack here, but yeah. they're back out. to – they've kind of – the Penrith might've had a wobble, but that's over now, you know? Um, mm. And then, so it's 14 six. And then a couple of minutes later, again, you're absolutely right. Not a great deal happening. Jackson puts a grubber across field. Talk us through it.
1: Yeah. Well, I think you pretty much uh, nailed it on the head there. So Jacko puts a grubber in that whilst there's a nice kick, it really should just be a dropout. And Zureb runs into the end in goal and Zureb just runs into the end in goal. And uh, he just decides not to play at the ball. Like, he sits there, looks at it, stops thinking it's going to go dead. And the Bears put it down. Uh, to, to put it simply. Like, he can't. Uh, yeah, he just stops. The ball's not out. And, it, it, look, it wasn't – this isn't a Greg Inglis and Gaznia test match one where he reeks it from the no. double one. Like, it's in the play. And yeah. Zureb gets there first, doesn't play at it, doesn't bat it, looks at it. And the Bears' winger just dives at it and puts it down. would would what, 10, 15 centimetres in? Like, not on the line or anything. No, he wouldn't well, have gone just, to the video ref, but he was well in. Like, if there was a video ref, it's well in. It's yeah, just, I mean, uh, Hall,
0: just, clear try. Hall, yeah. Hall just runs in a straight line and falls on the ball.
1: Like, yeah, no, yeah. You
0: know, he doesn't have to... Zurab is well ahead of him. He's much closer yeah. to the ball and he just doesn't... You're right, he tries to... It's, it's very much the look of someone who's seen a fullback do this before but doesn't quite know how to do it, you know?
1: Um, and you- I think it just sat up and I, I just the ball sat up and I just think he had a brain fade and thought it how you know the grubber kicks can yeah. see it yeah. last bounce sat and he'd already decided that it was going to skip dead just keep yeah. going and the bounce sat, sat and then he just had a brain snap and thought well that's going to go out. And it hadn't. It, it just yeah. sat up. So you've got this guy who's come on the field now, he's kicked the ball out in the full, knocked it on, come into the second half, he's now um, throwing the intercept pass that totally changed the game. Like that was a real yep. Kenny Dowell in the against the Broncos one. Like it yeah, was yeah, just yeah. stunningly stupid. Um I forget who took that in. It might have been Boyd or someone, I but think it was, that yeah. was one of the one of the absolute howlers of all time. And then you've got this kick where where Jack, it's a nice kick from Jacko, but he just puts it in the end goal and it should have just been a drop out. And they let it go. He scores. And um, I'm going to stop from jumping forward there and just make the point that Halligan's now got this kick that's about three quarters to the sideline and he's got one from three for the day. He's missed a penalty goal. He's kicked the try and um, no, sorry, he's got one from two at this point. He's one from three when he misses this. So yeah, they're 14. They're in a situation where, you know, Halligan's kicked one from two. Uh, he's got this goal from relatively wide out, bang, one from three. And I think that's important for later in the game, just to note. Yeah, he misses um, by quite a long way too. Um, yeah, yeah, he does, yeah.
0: And that's important, right? Because not not only because it becomes important later, but the, the Bears have had two pretty much, and you don't want to be too, but they're pretty much gifts, you know? Mm. Both tries. One is there, catch that and run over the line. The other one is a, like a grubber that they don't play at both from the same player, but they're still behind in the game. It's still only 14-10 with 20 minutes to go. It should be 14-all. Yeah, it should at least be 14-all.
1: He should have kicked the penalty goal. I could forgive him. This was a wide kick and people missed goals. He should have hit the penalty. It was easier than Brandy's. And he's the best kicker in the league. He's the leading point scorer of all time for the Bears. He breaks that record for a season. He breaks the season point scoring in that game.
0: I'm glad you've brought this up. There's some wonderful talk about this. I'm very glad that you brought this up because I had it back in my notes. Where is it? The talk is that he's going to beat Fred Griffiths, the great South African Fred Griffiths' all-time Bears point scoring record. But the great thing about this is that Graham Hughes, I think it's Graham Hughes who says, yes, he's about to go past the record of, or he's just gone past the record of 181. And then Bill Anderson says, no, 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 they've revised it up to 189 because the bears HQ, someone at the leagues club has had a look through the record books and they forgot to include some points that Fred Griffiths scored in a preseason game in the year that he broke the record. And because it was a competitive game, that needs to be counted. So the record that Halligan thought he'd already broken he now <laughs> needs to break again.
1: Yeah. Did everybody get all that? Yeah. Can't you imagine that around the board table, debating whether to include the pre-season points? Like that they would have yeah. been gone for two hours and had three people <laughs> abstaining and a couple of objectives. People declaring <laughs> conflicts of interest. Yeah, it is good yeah. at that. Um, it's um, so that that's you know I, I I'll forgive him missing the white he did hit it badly but you know goal kickers miss goals yeah um, the first one was in front of the post thirty five out Brandys hit one from forty two out and Halligan. Um, a beat around the bush he wasn't like a, a bad footballer but he's in the team because he nails goals like he's a slow winger he's not a terrible player he was a solid player but he one of his very big appeals is that he bangs goals from anywhere yeah but and he hits kicked, them for fun
0: yeah yeah and he kicked he, they, they keep going on about how great he kicked last week in the win over manly which they only won by six yep. points um yep. and there's a lot of talk that year that uh you know, that he's he's the man. He kicked, it's it's funny, you look at his record, he kicked at 64% that year and was regarded mm. as the real sharpshooter mm. in his first year at first grade. But the following year, he then went 81, 86, 83. Um, so, like, he, he was on his way to, be, not only was considered one of the great kickers, but was on his way to being one of the absolute elite kickers of all time yeah. um, in an era when there weren't many good ones. But, yeah, at that yeah. point, yeah. one
1: from three. Percentages are, are certainly th- something that... um. You can't compare today's percentages to to those guys because the difference. Obviously, we've talked about. I don't want to get too deep into the sand again, but they um they they were using sand, um not with color with, with buckets in club yeah.
0: colors. Don't forget that.
1: Don't forget that, and a lot of them trained twice a week. It's such a different game. And Halligan got better as professionalism got better. Like he, yeah. as they got tees and as they got full time training and all that stuff moved. On with time, he also got better as as the percentages sort of show over time, and and he was a clutch kicker too—not this game, but like in his career, he turned well, out to be a very clutch goal kicker. He, he used to hit him when they mattered. It's very funny well. to be talking. Yeah.
0: it's it's very funny to be talking about a game where Daryl Halligan's kicking is the difference yeah. in the negative. Having de- having two two episodes ago talked about this incredible victory yeah. where he's sinking them from the sideline to keep Cam- Canterbury alive with the big comeback and the crowd behind him, and it's like oh, this guy's nice yeah. man. He's never going to miss those. This is a few years, this is seven years earlier um, and it's almost the opposite.
1: Um, Well, that's the Bears for you. That's that's the, the reality of being a North Sydney Bears follower or being the Bears is they had this guy who at the end of his career was considered the clutch kicker of all time and who in the most precious circumstances possible belted two sideline conversions in nine minutes, one on the siren to get a club into a grand final. And when he had to do it for North Sydney Bears, he absolutely shanked them. And and Jason Taylor, one of probably the second best kicker of the era, did the same thing in '97 in in the prelim. And they have won that game if he didn't kick about one from four. He just kept shanking everything, and this stuff just happened to them. It it did, and it sucks for whatever reason. It just happened to them. It just did. Everything that could go wrong. Yeah, yeah, everything, anything that could go wrong to the Bears went wrong. You know, they had everything there. They get into a game, they score more tries, and they got Daryl Alligan kicking goals. Yeah, you sort is of feel that, fairly confident. Yeah. yeah, 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 that's right. Um, um, so just, to flow on a bit, yeah, sorry, you go.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, I just it would be remiss of me not to mention the graphic. You don't see this anymore because none of the players have jobs. But when David Hall scores that try, they toss up a graphic: David Hall, twenty-two, accountant. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, that is good.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I think we're I think we're entering now the, the really the crucial. Part of the game, there are a couple of things, a couple of decisions that are made. So, Soden puts a bomb up, which Zurab mm. drops. Cold, and bit, mm. just drops Cotton. So, yeah, he's obviously rattled. It's very poor carriage. Like, he just has this succession, except it's much earlier in the game and changes the momentum. He just has a succession of real blunders. Um, that, so, he drops it in front of his own posts. Mm. The Bears have a crack. And Billy Moore, they spread the ball and Billy Moore drops it. Mm. But they're coming. Yep. And then Gus Gould
1: makes a call. Yeah, he does. Um, He makes a call. He pulls Zureb off the field. Uh, Keeping in mind, this is the second player to have played fullback in the game. Yep. Um, So, before... Just, I, I was going to award him the Paul Courage Award for the week. No surprises. Uh, I just want to list you again his contributions to the game, which well, are kicking Lids. the ball out on the full, yep. dropping at a dummy half, coming out after halftime at 12 nil and throwing an intercept pass for the try, then letting the ball bounce in the in goal, standing there and letting someone from the other team put it down for it to go to uh, the second try. So yep. all of a sudden, he's let in both tries and then he drops a bomb and then he goes off. Uh, much worse than Paul Carriage. Yes. And if they lost the game, this wouldn't be called the Paul Carriage Award. It would be called the Zureb Award. That's right. We wouldn't be talking about a Paul Carriage Award because they'd been saying that Paul Carriage had, in a less bad way, channeled Zureb because Paul Carriage's errors weren't as bad as it is. Ah, I mean, and, and, you and know, much less like, significant to the game, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It totally and utterly changed the game and, and to flow on from there, he gets hooked and uh, they bring Bruce Simmons back on, who was yep. playing... He'd gone off for Ben Alexander. Ben Alexander goes to halfback, and Brandy, who has already, no matter what happens, nearly sewn up man of the match, he's been that good, and is their halfback and is the linchpin, moves to fullback. Which I know he had played, but God, it was a weird thing to do. It's, that's yeah. it. Right? It's such yeah, a yeah, call. Bizarre. It would never took, happen now.
0: No, to to take a halfback
1: who is running the
0: whole side, doing all your kicking, all your organising, all your attack, and hooking back to fullback just because. it. it because it was such a crisis back there that I think Gus says, we can win this game if our fullback just stops dropping the ball and stops doing these mm. th- If we just don't have these errors, we can still... So he just says, we need to put the only one we can trust back there. Mm. And, and it's, a, it's a mark of how much of a weakness it had become for them in this game. That they have to completely weaken their attacking side to shore up fullback
1: absolutely yeah, and and look, I know uh, older people who listen will will know that Brandy did play there quite a bit, but uh yeah. he was predominantly a halfback, particularly by that point, he's in the middle of his career at this point, and uh would well, it be like yeah be well, like, just imagine now yeah, yeah well I guess, like imagine Brisbane in a in a major semi final, yeah.
0: uh, Carmichael Hunt gets injured, <clears throat> they bring on someone off the bench who's fumbling everything, so Wayne says, no, look, Darren. It's like Darren Lockyer. I know you're running everything from 5'8. Can you play fullback? Forget it. Our attack will work itself out, but just play fullback because we can't. Um, we, we We just have to shore this up like that 's the kind of scale of, of of
1: yeah a significant amount. that, that. 's a great one that 's a really good example because it's you know um, Lockyer was much more established fullback than brandy it 's almost almost less weird if he did that but yeah. but nonetheless yeah two or three years three years into his five eight career it 's unfathomable to think of that happening to be in, in the middle game, of a game yeah in the middle of a game to throw him back in a, in a final to just chuck him back there and just stunt your whole everything you've got going on yeah. um it, it it doesn't immediately work he doesn't do anything wrong but this next uh, bears try is well i'll let you talk us through it is uh moment of the game in my eyes and yep. and my notes are just like oh wow jacko in capitals i was just really yep. excited this was football wasn't it he <laughs> run fantastic. me through it
0: yeah so billy moore takes a really charging hit up i really like the kind of pit up that made Billy Moore's career. I think you would agree that kind of just this really intense. Yelling out
1: silly things. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Well, that's right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So he's about 30 out from his own line. He bashes the ball up. He hits and offloads immediately to Jackson who is in acres. He just strolls up the middle of the park. And I don't know whether it's a mistake of his positioning or he was waiting for a kick or whatever, but Brandy is a long way back at fullback and Mm -hmm jackson runs 40 50 meters up the middle of the park the crowd are going absolutely berserk as he charges down the middle of the field he comes to brandy who goes for the legs tackle misses him completely just breezes past brandy um there's a chaser coming across i think it might be Mackay. uh it might be paul smith in fact so uh jackson gets the ball basketballs it over his head To Hall, who's already scored one in the game, who charges down the wing and scores. It's sensational football.
1: Oh yeah, it was, and it's out of nowhere. Like there's nothing happening. I know they're coming back, but their tries, as we've mentioned, were all there were errors yeah. from from uh, Penrith. This try was oh Jesus, where's that come from? And and Jacko was so good. Like he gets in the clear and he sums it up so well. He looks, yeah. he doesn't have much support, so he goes to he beats him nicely, um, quite clearly, and the basketball passes quite well, um it's not like a panic th- loop it and do stuff. He sort of looks at these options, see what it is and Bang. calmly... Yeah. yeah, it does the it's pass when it's on. it. It's all really clever. Like He's the sort of guy that you you just know he'd seen some space in his career. Yeah. Like, he's done this and he knows, you know, those guys, they get clear yeah. and they just know what to do. He knew what he had to do. He knew he, how to beat the fullback. He knew how to find the winger, how to position the chases so that they were going for him so he could time the pass. And it was beautiful football. It was great play by Billy Moore. It was just, um, we spoke about it in the origin that he played in and it was very similar where it's just how Queensland made stuff happen through effort despite actually not having all these class players. And yeah. Penrith had the class, and this was a play, um, I mean, it's classed by Jacko, but just there's nothing on, and Billy Moore just is He's just effort, running, he he's just running run, a bit harder than... Yeah. yeah. Runs hard, and he pops it, and someone backs up, and there you go. Then that's your opportunity where, you know, Brandy had been rolling them, and, and they're using their better ability to do this, but the Bears are just doing this out of guts. So They want to be there. They want to go, and God, it was a good try.
0: Oh, God, it was a good when try. you... When you're in the cemetery and you're Mm. watching a game from 30, from before you were born, in my case, and you end up on your feet (laughs) kind of barracking them home, that's a mark of of something really good. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was fantastic. Um, Now, there is a moment after this. So Halligan misses another goal from out wide. It is a tough kick. He's in the corner, but he misses again. So it's 14-all. But there is a similar to he, his
1: last kick. So he's had two yes. the same and missed them the same way, but he missed both of them a long way to the right. He didn't get anyone near yeah. the post. So. No. Yeah.
0: Um, but there's a moment which, to, and, and this is this game would be totally different today for the simple reason mm. that Brandy Alexander, when he tries to tackle Jackson, bangs his head on the ground. Did you get onto the, he goes face first. Into, he's knocked into, out. A, yeah. He's knocked out. And mm. the commentators mention that, geez, Brandy looks groggy in back play there. So, when they're, Penrith are forming up in the in goal to watch the kick, he is obviously dazed. His eyes have gone. He looks jittery on his legs. And he's got this gob, he's got this kind of stream of mm. spit coming out of his mouth that he can't seem to stop.
1: Blood out of his nose and mouth, too. Yeah. yeah he, he's bleeding quite early. If,
0: now, yeah. we talked about this in relation to Brad Izzard. If that game was played today, Greg Alexander would have taken, he would have been off. He might have come back for the last couple of minutes. This is in about this, it. <laughs> this is in about the sixty yeah. fifth minute of the game. He's got yeah. to go off for fifteen. He, he's HIA. He just wouldn't have played on.
1: No, um, that would have looked good moving him to fullback, wasn't it? Because um, yeah. about two minutes earlier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's true, but it's hard to pinpoint moments like that because you've got to you've got to take also take into account that every Bears player that got stiff armed by MG would also have already gone off. So they, <laughs> yeah, they actually, quite a at one point, would have been playing. Yeah, they would have been playing forfeit. with nine <laughs> all off the field. <laughs> Not enough numbers. But yeah, um, yeah it, 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 you're right. It, it is it is funny to look back on and. Um, he still has an important role to play, Brandy. He makes a couple of good plays uh, before the game's over and a couple of important things still happen for him. So that that try, Halligan misses. So for those who are keeping up, we're 14-all now and Halligan has got one from four. That's right. 14-all, one from four by the best kicker, Going around And if we look back now I think if we had a poll From everyone Anyone that was born From the 80s onwards Who's the best kicker Of all time You're going to have El Masri or Halligan And the other one second And yep. you're one from four in a, in a final with this bloke Where if he kicked goals This game's over He only has to hit two of them And, and you know That's yep. pretty much it Penrith didn't look like scoring
0: No they, Well the wheels Have fallen off Penrith Like They've just The Zureb stuff Has completely rattled them Like they just They look um, Yeah and, and it rattled they, me Watching actually playing. And then the kick off and the Bears go 70 metres in one set. Mario makes a half break and you think, oh, it's on here. This is it. And they throw up a bomb. I think it's Soden who puts a bomb up. And this time, instead of Zureb, instead of anybody else, it's Greg Alexander who's under it. And even though he's groggy because he's just been knocked out, he catches it. And two and a couple of plays later, there's a penalty. Um, a, a fairly dodgy looking penalty, I must say. Um, that was rubbish. rubbish for one of the penalty. Penrith players yeah. playing the ball on, just sort of playing it on McPhail, who's lying in the ruck. Like, where does he go? So that yeah. carries them upfield. And then Penrith are on the attack all of a sudden, the game having completely turned on them. Then they're on the attack. Then there's another penalty to Penrith right in front of the posts with 10 minutes to go in the major semi final. For what I've got to say, it's McPhail again. So he gives two penalties in a row to take them up the field and give them the penalty goal. So it's a fairly innocuous, they get him for a kind of flop on someone who's tackled, but there's a fair bit of that in rugby league in 1991. There was nothing about that that thought, oh, he won't get away with that.
1: Was Eddie Ward refereeing? He's yeah. freshman. Yeah, freshman. Yeah. He's a dickhead he's a dickhead no seriously he just he is a dickhead I I I, he he gets them about 10 times in that game for stuff that didn't happen it just doesn't happen Like that wasn't a penalty I was watching it it wasn't late there was a million flops a million flops. like Mario Fennec made about 37 flops and got penalized for about 10 of them this wasn't a flop it wasn't it wasn't late and you watch it on replay and you're not even like oh that's a harsh penalty you're like what are you talking about that's a tackle is, is yeah, you could have penalised three hundred of them. He just started. He would ref the game normally and let it flow, and then just blow these really weird penalties for something that looked no different. It could be hard for us because we're looking through the lens of what's a penalty now. But I'm watching, and he kept blowing penalties for stuff that looked no different to anything else that had yeah, happened. Yeah,
0: that's the thing. And, I, and I'm, I'm yeah. like you. I'm kind of reluctant to be bagging the referee because it was you, you've got to kind of think about how the game was played at the time and what was considered a penalty at the time. But even the commentators go, "What?" Well, I don't know what that's yeah. for, you know. Um, they're speculating about what he's can't it work it out. No. Yeah, yeah.
1: You, you can't work out what he's penalised him for. you just try to guess. And that's the moment different. in the he game. This few times, yeah. That's and,
0: and, and that's the moment in the game. Alexander puts a fairly easy penalty over. 16-14.
1: Yep. yep, yep, he does. And that's him three from four, I think. Oh, sorry, four from five. Four from yep. five. 16-14, four from five. And um, the Bears aren't dead yet. The Bears before, aren't dead yet, there's more to come more No to come. there is,
0: before he does that by the way just and, and this is a small thing but it it goes to one, him still being on the field um, and two, mm. what a big contribution he made when they get the first penalty for the first fairly innocuous thing involving McPhail Alexander launches the penalty kick for touch, like he kicks it 40 mm. or 50 metres upfield and gets them from coming off their line to on the attack um, yeah. and, and that it's just another example of how important he was to them and how important he was to the result. Um, but yes, there is more to come. Um, th- there are a couple of kind of, there's a dodgy knock on call against Gaia. and North's um, North's take a, take a scrum feed 40 out. Uh, there's a bomb from Soden, which Smith uh, out on the wing takes kind of it's So Conlon has a play at it. Smith catches it. Uh, Conlon responds by, uh, swinging your forearm into Smith's face. The second Conlon. I would just,
1: yeah. I would yeah. describe that as, I, I think that you're underselling that. He punched him. Yeah. But they both went up for a bomb and um, he didn't catch it himself. And he responded by punching him. It's exactly. He yeah. Him. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's he good. Isn't it? him.
0: So this yeah. is, and I, I said at the top that Conlon is a, is a player of interest in this game. Um, because yeah. he, we've now got him, at this point, with five minutes to go, he's launched a knee drop to knock out Izard, yeah. And then this, where he just effectively punches Paul Smith. Um, Paul Smith, by the way, was very, very quick. He, 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 one of those guys who doesn't necessarily have a big name out of that Penrith side, but he, you can see why he was an important part of the team. He brought the ball off his line really well and was fast.
1: Um, he was a bit before his time with the amount of carries he was taking. I haven't seen any wingers from that era in the games we've watched yet do the work he did. I reckon yeah. we just, they just kept calling his name. He kept, back at those days, they just sort of sat on the wing and he just kept bringing the ball out of his own end. I don't know if it was playing under Gus, who was always pretty astute as a tactician, but yeah. he, because he was a big winger and um, for those days, but he carried the ball back repetitively quite a lot. He was really impressive.
0: Yeah. And so then yeah. that comes to really the last moment of the game, uh, which is, and I, all of this is written in capitals. I've got all of this in my notes written in capital letters. Good. Bears get a penalty for offside. 35 out, right in front of the posts.
1: Mm.
0: Right in front, really. Right in from front. part of the left,
1: yeah.
0: And, and Halligan misses. He lines it up. It's closer than Brandy's, and he puts it wide. And he's mm-hmm. one from five, and you think, oh, well, they're buggered. That was it. They could have gone 16-all. That's mm-hmm. it. What, That's three, been... mi- three minutes left, yeah? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yep. Three minutes left in the game. Yep. Yep. And then, inexplicably, with, geez, about a minute left, do you want to talk us through this, Gazzy? That um, the, the Bears—this is all in caps. I just—I could, couldn't believe that this happened. Like I thought this oh, is good enough. I, I want you to run.
1: Me, I want you to run me through it. Go on. I
0: thought watching. I thought, yeah, after the Halligan thing and all that, you you sort of think, yeah, I can understand why this game was is remembered as a great game because it has been. And then in the last minute, the Bears are kind of chucking it around. They're having a bit of a crack, but. They're, they're just inside the Penrith half. Soden gets the ball and, and everyone's saying this is their last chance. This will be their last use of the ball. And Soden puts what looks like, at first view, a really lazy kind of thoughtless kick downfield. He just kicks the ball away. What did he do that for? And then you realise that there's nobody back there on the left-hand side of the field where he's kicked it. So he's kicked it into the left corner and there's nobody there. And for just a moment, David Hall is the favourite to get to the ball. There is just a moment there where the ball is just about to bounce and he's the closest to it and he's flying down the wing. He's already scored two tries and this is his moment because he's tearing after this ball. It's, got, it's, it's bouncing towards him. It's, or like it's, it's sailing towards him. He's closest to it. He's going to score. If he's going to fall on the ball and the Bears are going to win 18-16 through this miraculous kick to the seagulls in the last minute of the game and then it lands and it bounces and it bounces towards greg alexander
1: inches too there's inches in this Uh, i've got it the same as you all capitals i've gone this is inches like it it, you're right he's leading the chase and i i reckon there's there's alexander beats him by inches and then we've spoken about the class of alexander being the difference he then beats five players. It's one of those um, highlight in-goal plays. He's plugged yep. this into their ball line. You see him with, um, you know, they'll make NRL media every six weeks when Ponga or Tedesco or someone does it where they're in the in-goal and they bang around one, bang around two, bang around three and get to like the 20 or something from the in-goal where you go, oh, look at that escape. It's yep. just oozes oh, class. It gets back there. I, I don't think Zureb would have got out. I, a little no, if, I, think, that's
0: <laughs> I think that's probably good. <laughs>
1: So, so Gus like, wins again. But Gus, the you know, like,
0: <laughs> Gus takes a, does something quite strange and counterintuitive. But mm. with that bomb that he catches and then with this, the, mm. there's a couple of moments where that little bit of safety at the back does save them, you know. Um, yeah, it yeah. does, it becomes really important. But that, I just, that was such a, such an exciting thing. Yeah. Again, watching a game, you know the Bears don't win going yeah. into the game and you still think they're going to score. You yeah, go. You I, I was on my feet. I was, like, oh my god, <laughs> this is it. He's gonna. Well. Yeah. And then the it's, it is literally people talk about it, and it's a cliche, but it's literally just the ball bounces towards the Penrith guy, not towards the North Sydney guy.
1: The ball's never bounced towards the North Sydney guy. Yeah. We've spoken about it a little bit already. That's the history of the North Sydney Bears. The ball doesn't bounce towards the North Sydney guy. It, it never does. Um you're right though, it's this inches chase, but then it's this, it's not only that, like it just sums the game up because not only does it just go to Brandy, Brandy then gets out. Like there might have yeah. been time for a dropout, but yeah. you know, I think I think there was probably enough time that they would have had to kick it out and there'd have been something left. He not only gets it, it's yeah. just he's the player the Bears don't have. Yeah. The, the class player on the field gets it and goes bang, bang, bang. I can see why he played some fullback. I always thought that's an odd positional thing, but he was an athlete, wasn't he? He wasn't just clever was a good, with the ball, he was an athlete. He was a mover.
0: Yeah, he was a really nice mover. Who was
1: it? You know a good who's question. a good descriptor?
0: Yeah, I was going to uh, say.
1: Yeah, uh, you go first. We'll see if oh, I was
0: going to ask you that question. Is there, a, okay. is there a halfback today, for example, or more recently that he reminds you of?
1: Not a halfback. Uh, he reminds me of Darren Lockyer. Oh, yeah. So Darren Lockyer had that ability to – let's not think – people get stuck on late career 5-8 Darren Lockyer. Think a bit more in the middle when he still had the running game. Remember when there was that time where you don't rush up on Darren Lockyer and he had that gliding way of running yeah. and he had that running game but his passing was still there. Very late, he became the clutch passer where he'd just find the right pass and yeah. win games. But in the middle, he had this ability to glide and move really smoothly and run into holes and run downfield. But then he also had the ability to pop the short pass post. So he had that lovely passing game. And he was a good kicker of the football, a really good yeah. kicker. And at his real peak, there was a – because the 5'8", he beat around the bush with Lockyer. The five eight stuff beat him up. After a lot of years, he got older and slower. And he, I mean, he was a wonderful player. But – before all that early in his 58 career playing in the halves when he could glide run pass kick yeah. that's what brandy reminded me of a lot like you that he to do all of it yeah what you say about
0: Lockyer is right that, he, that one of the things about him going to 58 is that it didn't use as much of and probably diminished a little bit his natural athleticism because he was a beautiful yeah. mover and a really good athlete when he first came in um, yeah uh, and and so that's it. it, it that last moment just it just takes a really galling defeat and turns it into the most wrenching, Mm. disgusting defeat, you know, because you have this moment of, of almost right at the end. Um, And and like they've scored three tries to two, they've kicked one goal to four. And even after all that, the ball bounces the other way and they win one of the great celebrated last minute victories in finals history.
1: And yeah. Yeah. It's just sad. I feel you know, look, going for the Knights in the last 10 years, I feel this sort of pain because you get these games and we never got to get play in a final. But when you go for these clubs that don't have a lot of success over a period, you, you need things to go right and you see yeah. them putting the effort in. And the Knights had some years like this where you watch them and you see the effort going in and you see them get close enough and they just managed to not win, and it's so yeah. much more heartbreaking when you get to the end and they just manage not to. And 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 that's the Bears on a bigger stage, you know, like getting and doing that in finals, like battling away, getting there. They, they yeah. never should. Like Penrith had this amazing year. Um, Penrith were better in that eighty minutes by a long way by these yeah. weird things that happen. And they get through. As I said before, this is just the Bears. They 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 battled away to get in a game they shouldn't have really been in. They were just getting outclassed and that was going to be the game. But no, they don't cop that. They just keep going and keep going, find weird ways to get big into it, find ways to tie it. Inexplicably, the best goal kicker of all time just keeps shanking everything and they go, well, stuff that, we're still not going away. And they get there anyway and then they just lose. They just lose. Yes, yeah, they just the lose. End. Like in- just
0: There's no, there's no, um, yeah, there's kind of no worldly explanation for what happens to them. It's... um. Yeah, for for how it keeps happening to them over time. Um, no, the, the yeah. better
1: team and, won. The better team won. Oh, sure, and you can um, see why penrith were so, so good, yeah. and
0: you can and you can see why they won the minor premiership by so far because they were, um, they they matched it with them in that tough gritty mm. game in the first half, and then had this really kind of flashy class at different yep. moments as well. That's that they're kind of yeah. the perfect side in that way. Um, mm. But yeah, it, it it is a bit sickening. It's a bit like especially knowing what happens after it's a bit like um, Balmain in 89 where not only did it not happen for them that day, but that was like, these were the last times that it could ever happen for them. Like those supporters of those clubs,
1: mm-hmm.
0: they didn't after a few years after this, those clubs didn't exist anymore. You know,
1: yeah. it's not as
0: if this, it's not as if there's always next year cause there weren't many next years left.
1: No, I I think that that's what I'd like to talk about is sort of the fate of the two clubs um, and go through that a bit. So let's do the Bears while we've got them. Um, The Bears from here go on. um, So they lost in the prelim the next week to Canberra. Um, They go on. So they play against Canberra and get beat, which isn't a huge surprise. Um, They then make the prelim in 94 and they make the prelim in 96 and 97 and they lose all of them. Yeah. this game isn't a prelim, but it's a game to get in the grand final and they lose it on goal kicking. Uh, they lose in 97. Uh, the Knights scored after the bell to make the, the margin bigger than, than goal kicking, but the Knights kicked a field goal at, to go one ahead. And if Taylor had hit all the goals, we wouldn't kick the field goal. So the yeah. tie after the bell, if you take like they it, they would have won the game. if you kick the goals. Yeah. Um, you know, like, it, we wouldn't have scored the try after the bell. We only scored it because they were hoiking the ball around, trying to yeah. trying to get the one point deficit. So, they lost a prelim on goal kicking in '97, where Jason Taylor missed all these goals and um, Darren Albert ran down Matt Sears on a, on a chase that no other player in the history of the game would have tackled him. Yep. Um, no one else catches him. And then you've got this game where Darryl Halligan, to get in the grand final, a guy who not only is the best kicker or the top two kickers of all time, but also specifically is wonderfully remembered for doing the opposite of what he did this day yes. in a game we've already covered. For, to imagine being a Bears fan and sitting back in 98 and watching him ice goals from the sideline repeatedly for be the best comeback. And, and it, you know, and I mean, kudos to him, by the way, because people this can really snowball, on people this it is was snowballed. His, it was his
0: first year in first grade too?
1: Yeah, it, Ben Hunt is someone that's copped yep. that once he made a mistake in a big game, in the grand final, he sort of has kept making mistakes that then get magnified over and over. When big moments, well, everything and, and everything drop. gets
0: everything everything gets seen through the prism of that yep. of that era. Like it's of oh, this mistake, is what Ben yeah. Hunt's like because he dropped that one in the grand yep. final. This is he just dodged yeah. it. in. yeah,
1: Which and it becomes totally a combination yeah. where. Yeah, like, it is unfair, but he also then sort of, for whatever reason does keep making mistakes like in, you know the other yeah. year against South he doesn't kick on the last play that gives them you know in his own half he runs the ball and play five stuff happens that gives them a reason to be able to magnify it and, and it happens Jason Taylor had a career where he got known for stuffing these moments up and, yeah. and, and a lot of guys this, this happens to you and you never break it so I mean kudos to Halligan who as you said his kicking record goes off the record in the next few years just keeps going up and up and he puts himself in this situation later in his career and absolutely nails it and um, that you know that's a great credit to him, but it doesn't make North feel any better.
0: No, and, and this is it, right? Like you look at the North's history in the nineties. This is the start, not the end, right? Like they finished yep. third, make the prelim. Two years later, they finished second, make the prelim. Mm. They in in the end across the nineties, they finished second once, third twice, fourth once, and fifth once. Like yeah, you would just that that record. At some point, you would make a grand final. They had four separate, sorry, five games. Five grand final qualifiers and lost them all. You know, like they just, they just had to make one at some point. Law of averages says they make one at some point.
1: Yeah, it does. It does. And the funny thing is, if you watched this back and then looked at what happened in the next few years without looking at the results, just looked at the roster, um, it screams building a dynasty. Like what they've done here is that the one thing I really thought they lacked was a bit of class in the halves, and what they responded to not long after this is buying Jason Taylor, who was coming through at West and made and made finals, and West were for those who don't remember, were absolute stench in the early 90s. Warren (laughs) Ryan went there and they were terrible. And and he went there and Jason Taylor came through and they made some finals there with them and he was an up-and-coming player who was going to be really good and he played off the bench in Origin behind Sticky at one point in the early mid-90s and and, um, he had a very good career. He's maligned now, but he had a good career and he went to North and you would have thought, oh yeah, well that answers a problem. You've gone and got kicking halfback and a passing halfback who's on the rise, then you look at who comes through and Matt Sears comes through and you go, all right, well, there's yeah. a fullback with some pace. Uh, Butner comes in, they uh, get, you know, Brett Dallas comes from Canterbury a few years later. David, David Fairley. Yeah, yeah. David Fairley. Was, well, yeah, he's, a, he's an Australian. Yeah, like, he's, he's a, great a test player. class player. And all these guys come in. Um, ben Iken comes through, as, as a, as a, who's a good, solid first grader. Yeah. Um, and, and all these guys come in where you go, if you're making prelims and challenging this Penrith team and giving Pen, uh, Canberra a run and stuff at this time, you go, oh, yeah, you get these guys in. This is the start. We're going to look back on this and go, yeah, that team was building and they're going to end up winning a comp in 93, 94, yeah. You know, like in that zone, it's going to happen. And it just never did. And they, there's a bit of the bears about it with that sort of thing where they just don't win. And the it other is. thing as well is... They 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 did get very unlucky. They lost to some good teams. Like they, they, they lost to the Raiders in this prelim. The Raiders are one of the great club sides in the history of the game. Yeah. Um. They got they got beaten by you know Andrew Johns' team in 97, yeah. Which you know like Joey was young then, and they might have thought that was an even game. But if you go back and go look at a career and say, all right, we lost a prelim to, to Joey Johns. Got to see you know just sort of cop that. Um. They. The, I think. The one they talk about that they feel that they they sort of really should have got was ninety six. That seems to be the one where they think yeah. they just stuffed that up themselves. But the, you know they got beat by some good teams along that along that way, and it's just yeah. Well, it, they kept they kept sucks. running <laughs> into yeah, it does, and they kept running into those Raiders, and you know like it just yeah. The um, Raiders getting them twice is is, is hard. You don't want to cop in Canberra repetitively at, at that yeah, era in that era. And yeah, you um, know what's interesting, just as an aside. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, so Penrith. As you said, were six points clear, was it, at the top of the table? Yeah. Okay, so the Raiders, we all think of that as the best club side ever, nearly them and the Broncos just after them. Are they amazing. So, so the Raiders played in 89, 90 uh, and 91 and would have gone in second favourites to two. Which is yeah, you you that yeah, that's true. They we we been... think of them as, you know... A, you would like be like, like in our era when we were kids. If the Broncos made the grand final, they were favourites. When we were a bit older, yeah. the Storm going to grand finals, they don't go in second favourites. Like, but, but the Canberra must have gone into two of those. If Penrith were that far runaway and nearly got them the year before, Penrith would have probably gone in favoured. And the Tigers went in favorite. So they went into a couple of these not expected to actually win them.
0: Probably. Yeah, that's or,
1: true. Or, you know, not runaway favourites. These days, you'd look back and go, oh, Penrith beat that team in a grand final. Jesus, that must have been an upset. Well, Quite Canberra, of game sort of thing. If yeah. you,
0: well, if you look at the latter, as I said, Canberra finished fourth um, yeah. and, and had to win three games just to get into the grand final, you know, mm. um, that they, they had, they had to beat West and they had to beat North, then they had to beat Medley, then they had to beat North uh, to beat Merley, to beat Norths and finally yeah. come up against Penrith. like coming from that fifth, that bottom two of the top five is really tough because you just
1: keep mm. every game is knockout every week. You'd back them on paper if you looked at all those rosters, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, I reckon you know, so. Yeah, just yeah. a little bit. Yeah, you thought, um, yeah, no, nah, they'll get them here in the final. <laughs> yeah,
0: and so Penrith. Um, you, I think you wanted to talk a little bit about what happens to Penrith from here, um, as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, I do. I think that's good for us to finish off on. Is as as sad as the the Bears thing is, especially with them gone from the competition. Uh, the Penrith thing's uh, you know sadder. It's um, you know, this side has everything. Everything about this screams dynasty or one of the, the great rosters that was going to be the Broncos and the Raiders and along with them as the great side of the era, Mainly a bit later, they had you look at this, they, Phil Gould's only in his 30s as the yep. coach for starters he's made, he's made three grand finals in four yep. years after winning this game too. Yeah, so he wins he wins this one and he wins it, so he's won two grand finals yep. Um and, and made another one in, in, in his 30s as a coach. You then look across the roster. So I had a look at the ages. Brandy's about 26, I think, 25 to 26, yeah. something like that. Um, so he, as a halfback, is in the peak of his powers. He's, you know, they talk about him coming of age the year before. He's winning a comp this year. This is his couple yeah. of years. Um, Brad Fitler is in just left school and is you know as we now know a general literally generational i mean there's an argument that he been he should be nominated for an immortal every time it comes up whether whether he yeah. ever gets in or not he should always yeah. be nominated he's that good um there's then mark Geyer is is one or two years younger, two years younger than brandy so he must be about 24 something like that yeah um going through who else they've got there that they, they had ben alexander hasn't done much in his career but he was talked about as going to be quite good there was a lot of talk yeah. that that he was coming along as a player. Are there any? Are there any others I'm missing there? Some of the younger guys. That's uh, not amongst the, the younger of players. That's yeah. they're,
0: they're the ones who really went on. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. To be really great players that would be remembered by
0: people our age and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and what you what you say is absolutely right. Um, that the they were after that grand final. You would have said, "Oh, they're going to be a great side for years." Yep.
1: Yep, yeah, they've gone to two grand finals in a row and there's no reason for them to drop off. They're going to keep pushing through. And and what happens, of course, is that, um you know, Ben Alexander dies the next year in, in a motorcycle accident outside the, having been at the club after a win. And um that really just completely puts the fire through the joint is that basically Mark Geyer is sacked within two weeks of that happening or a couple of weeks of that happening and he'd been having problems anyway, I think. But he's... a, a married to the, uh, Alexander's the sister. sister. Yeah. yeah, so so that's happened and then you've got Brandy didn't play, I think, the rest of the year. He definitely didn't play for quite a while and um, they had a big falling out with Gus and there was a lot of issues there and and basically what then happens is that, so by ni- by by 1992, Mark Geyer is gone. Uh, Brandy doesn't play. He comes back and plays a bit in 93 and on 94, not a lot, apparently wasn't training and stuff, goes to the Warriors. So you've got Brandy Alexander at the absolute prime of his career has basically missed a year and a half or two years of football and then played well below his best and left the country. And Phil Gould um then has left, you know, by not wanted to get out of the joint but felt he had a responsibility not to, stays there a couple of years, leaves. And yeah. uh Brad Fitler, who stayed around for a while, they said Freddie knew from the moment that happened, he said he knew he had to get out of Penrith. He's a Penrith boy, he just couldn't be there anymore and yeah Fittler, and he's talked about the fact that it could that he one of the
0: interesting things about Fittler is that he's talked about how he very easily could have been in the car he said they mm, just drink they 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 mm. they they used to drink drive all the time you know and yeah it was just what you did and they'd been at the club they was celebrate there was a celebration they were getting presented with the club blazers and mm. Ben Alexander got into a car where someone was drunk and you yeah. know that
1: well, that, I think that's the only reason. Like Freddie was in the Australian camp, and they were across town. That's yeah. That's why he says if he was there, he said he usually went with with Ben. Like that's what he and did. So, and so he's, um, it, yeah. it
0: seems as though his what happened is kind of it, it. It was they all felt part of it because they'd all been in similar situations, mm. and it was it was a kind of a product of the way that they... It was a product of the culture of the club and all this kind of stuff that they, you know... Yeah, and the
1: times and... and the and, times, and they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're a community and the culture And so. the culture
0: of football, right? Like, it's not just Penrith. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, well, it'd be... Like, it's the culture of the... um. It's you've got to look at the community too. It's a lot like, uh, to be fair, income about it. Like like what it is. I know Ben Alexander hadn't was early in his career, so this comparison isn't perfect. But can you imagine if after 1997, even 1998, if we were trying to look back on Andrew's career if Matt Johns had died? Like that's the extent of this yeah. is you get a guy and he's prime. Like it's, and these are secondary issues because someone, someone has has died and their football careers are obviously not the the key, but to look at it from a football perspective is that the, like Greg Alexander is the freaking mayor of Penrith. They just won a competition, two grand finals. He's a rep player. Yeah. He's the halfback and the captain of a team. That's a community team. They're not, a Sydney team where there's six other teams around the place. They're, they're out in their own local community and the captain's brother has died. The captain is, you know, he can't for understandable reasons play and wasn't the same yeah. player again, you know, and all of a sudden, if you look at what happens is within a few years, the best coach in the game and he was rated the best coach in the game, Gould is not there. Brad yeah. Fitler, who's going to be one of the best of all time is not there. Alexander, who is probably their best player ever, um, and in the conversation, if you go put together a list of the best halves ever, he's on it. In the you know, yeah. you list twenty halves, he makes the, the short list. He's never the same player again in the time where he'd be at his best. And Mark Geyer goes at a twenty four, twenty five year old, never finds that again. And, you know, him yeah. and, and Alexander come back at the very end in the late nineties. But that, that that chance to be that team um is ripped away from them for reasons and, you know, that's football's secondary to to. You know that's not the saddest part of what happened, but from a football perspective, it yeah. certainly ripped the heart out of a out of a team that I think we had every reason to think we're going to stay pretty good. Uh, I you know make another grand final or win one somewhere along there and go down with those those Brisbane and and Raiders teams. Alexander plays you know ten more Origins and a few Tests and Gaia as well. All their records go go through like that. They keep Fitler. You Know he probably yeah, doesn't think it's terrible. And Gould. Gould could have yeah. been the Bennett of Penrith, you know, coached there for 15 years and won five or six comps. So you, you yeah, know. and just as people, you know,
0: belt. they they just must that that day, the week in a fortnight later when they win the grand final, it just they, they don't know at the time that that's as good as it's going to get, you know. Yeah, it, it is, yeah. it's it's, 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 it's really, sad. um, yeah, it is really sad. Um, but uh, I this I, I'm really glad that we watched this game because I think you, it, it, it was it is a classic and it's a um but it's it's a the theatre of it is is that these two great sides who were very full of good players hmm. um having their moment you know absolutely the, yeah. clubs that weren't ordinarily there having their moment so I'm glad that you I'm glad that you suggested it I'm glad that we watched it um,
1: so am I yeah. it's um yeah it, it's a bit like a uh, sort of a better game, but it's similar to like when when the Cowboys got the West Tigers in the grand final, like that sort of feel where two teams that aren't going to be here next year or aren't going to be here four more times or weren't there three years ago have yeah. run through for their shot of it. Like yeah, a grand yeah, yeah, final, yeah. but yeah, this is out. we're playing for it. This is we don't get here often, and we're both here and we want this. And you know we're not coming back. <laughs> we might not be back next year. We haven't been here ten times. It's yeah. you know it's, it's yeah, different, yeah. and it was it was cool. It was really enjoyable. It's sad to think that it didn't pan out for either of these teams. Um, yeah. It's sad the Bears aren't there. It's sad what happened to Penrith and it's a bit, it was a great football game. It's probably been my favorite that we've watched. Yeah. I think so too, which probably goes some way to
0: explaining why this episode has gone for so long. Um, <laughs> Cause mm. we've been, uh, we've done it. Uh, there's one thing that I have to mention, which I've got written, I've got it in red pen. Mm. I'm going to finish on this note. Um, Jeff Lawson. Did you see Jeff Lawson at the start of the game? Yeah. With, yeah. In the crowd with the baby in the pram. And Graham Hughes saying, "Oh yes, it's his testimonial year, 1991." Yeah, I just it would have been remiss of uh, me not to. Yeah, yeah, it would have been remiss of me not to mention it. We don't, you don't, in the crowd though, not in the no corporate box back in those days. He's just there with his daughter and he, or with his with his kid and and his wife. Yeah,
1: Um, yeah, I enjoyed that too. I thought that was important. I meant to mention it at the start, it's yeah. seen especially just flashing to him and going, that's the New South Wales captain. Like it's cricket. It's very good yeah. that that's the cricket's not really in the place now, where we shoot over to see um, Moises on sh- and the crowd at the, at the NRL finals. <laughs> 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 that's right. Um, yeah.
0: Look, I think, uh, I think we've, I think we've covered this game very extensively. Uh, unless you've got any final thoughts, Gazzy.
1: No final thoughts. Just sort of say I enjoyed it a lot, and that uh, we're open to suggestions next week. At, at the moment, preliminary views. I'm very much thinking I'd like to suggest a modern day classic and have a look at the the Roosters and the Tigers semi final, the Dwyer miracle.
0: Ah, the 2010. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah That's it's a good shout. That is a wonderful game. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'm happy to hear any thoughts on that. But if you've made it this far uh, today, congratulations, because uh, it's been a long one. But I. It, you know, it, it's, a, it's been a clangour, and I, I think we've both enjoyed it uh, so thanks for your time, uh, Gazzy, always a pleasure Peace out Until next time, thanks for joining us on the Rugby League Cemetery Still a long, long way to go
1: McPhail, getting it to Hall the Panthers are offside Halligan will have a kick at goal
0: Nearly 39,000 at the stadium Hold your breath So it's not Halligan's day and it might not be the Bears' day. 16-14, Penrith over the Bears.